0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, this is Ed Asner, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that Jim Colucci, author of Golden Girls, forever will join us later on the program as we continue our special salute to the life and legacy of Betty White. Betty White passed away Friday, December 31st at the age of 99. Joining us right now is our friend Jennifer Armstrong, Jennifer Armstrong, New York Times best-selling author of many books on American pop culture, including Mary and Lou, and Rhoda, and Ted, and all the brilliant minds who made The Mary Tyler Moore Show a television classic, and her latest book, When Women Invented Television, a history of the first decade of network television as told through the lives and accomplishments of Erna Phillips, Gertrude Berg, Hazel Scott, and Betty White. Jennifer also has contributed to many print and online publications, including most recently... Peabody finds Peabody finds the weekly newsletter of the Peabody Awards as a matter of fact, Jennifer, I understand your latest piece for Peabody finds focuses on Betty White. Absolutely
1: yes, I've been thank you for the for the plug for Peabody. I've been writing the <laughs> newsletter for a while and I will continue to be doing so, but I did get to write an entire piece about Betty for that.
0: It's difficult to find any one word. That completely encapsulates Betty White, and in a way, you've kind of you've kind of added to the mix, Jennifer, because uh, I've struggled with icon, I've struggled with uh-huh. institution, I've struggled with pioneer, all of which come close. But you make the case in your article for uh, Peabody finds that Betty White, in many ways, was also a progressive.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, that was something, part of it was just me kind of wanting to add to the conversation, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, tell somebody something new instead of, like, the stuff that we all know, and that was really important to me because, and it was something that I wanted to do in general when I wrote When Women Invented Television as well, I don't think people really grasped what she did early in her career and how brave and progressive it was. you know, like we kind of knew her as our favorite TV grandma by the last couple decades, which is great. But you know, people don't realize kind of what a firebrand she had to, she had to be in her early career when she was in her 20s and early 30s, making it on television in those early days as a young woman.
0: And what's kind of cool when you think about it, and especially when you read about what Betty did, in when women invented television, uh, Jennifer, is that Betty was not necessarily trying to make a statement about being progressive or quality or about anyway. She was simply trying to keep up with the demands of her job.
1: That's right. And so, I mean, the thing about being a young, especially single for her, a woman. In the 1940s and 1950s, trying to go into something like television is that you being there is a statement. She didn't. She wasn't trying to do anything else, and she would often kind of like try to play down this, you know, the progressive aspects of what she was doing. She hired lots of female directors, and she would say, you know, I just hire the best. I didn't hire them because they were female. So, things like that, right? And I get it because it's like, I believe both. I believe that, you know, it was really brave of her to do those kinds of things and that not everyone would have done them, but also that, you know, she really was hiring qualified people and understood the importance of also seeing that these women were qualified.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was being very pragmatic about it, but she's always been canny. You know, smart, sure. canny, understanding what's going on. So it, I suppose, in her own way, she sort of knew she was opening a lot of doors, too.
1: That's right. And and this was this is an extremely sort of common um, tactic, I would say, for a lot of people throughout the history of television, and especially the er- earlier years, is that you couldn't go around saying, like, yes, I'm doing this because I'm a feminist, and <laughs> I'm not even sure we were using that word then. You had to kind of almost play that down, because... That was how, you know, she she played up her sweetness, her light, and those those are legitimate as well, but she would really, you know, she'd get questions about, like, why she wasn't married, for instance. Why are you doing all this work, you know, instead of getting married? And she would kind of have to really finesse it, and you you can imagine Betty with her charm, you know, kind of doing this whole, like, well, I couldn't, you know... I don't think I could give a a husband the attention he would deserve right now. I'm really focused on my show, which you enjoy very much, and here, let's talk about that. You know, like she would kind of do that sort of thing, and that was the game you had to play to some extent as a woman in television at that time.
0: Jennifer Armstrong's on the line with us. Jennifer has written about the career of Betty White in at least two of her books, Mary and Lou and Rhoda and Ted and All the Brilliant Minds Who Made the Mary Tyler Moore Show, a television classic, and her latest book, When Women Invented Television, The Untold Story of the Female Powerhouses, who pioneered the way we watch today. Jennifer also recently profiled uh, Betty White for Peabody Finds, the weekly newsletter for the Peabody Awards that shows that Betty White was not only one of the great pioneers of television, but in many ways also a progressive. Betty White passed away December 31st. Age 99, we talked about the ground that Betty broke by co-hosting Hollywood on television on the first TV talk shows ever. I forgot that, uh, but you, but you point this out in your article for Peabody. I forgot that Betty was also one of her first jobs was co-host of a game show.
1: Yes. Yes. She, well, she, she was on a Twitch show called grab your phone, um, (laughs) which is literally what it, what it sounds like. It was, A guy, it was like, people were excited by almost anything on television then, right? So it was this guy who would, like, ask some questions, and then people would call in. And that was super exciting. It was live, right? (laughs) Possibly. You know, um, I'm not sure what they won, if anything, um, except the thrill of calling into the show. And they had sort of, like, a bank of, they, they called them girls all the time, you know, girls answering the phone. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite stories about her because it shows what you were talking about, those canny instincts, right? And how good she was at knowing what TV – how TV works so early. She was one of a number of young women answering these phones, but she sort of positioned herself on the end and would – and started kind of bantering with the host. And everybody went wild. And then she got a raise, you know, all of the stuff – And it was just so funny because she just figured out, like, nobody wants to just watch us answer phones. They want to watch people interact. They want to watch me flirt with this guy. And, of course, this also gets her more screen time and gets her a raise and got her really was an entryway into the other job she got because she started getting calls then from a number of men who had been offered, you know, variety shows and things like that and on television and needed co-hosts. And that's how she ended up on Hollywood on Television with Al Jarvis, which was that first big show where she was co-hosting five and a half hours a day, six days a week on Los Angeles daytime television. He said, I saw you on Grab Your Phone and (laughs) loved what you were doing. So, you know, he needed somebody else to help him fill all that time and to be able to banter with him and roll with anything and go unscripted. And that's where she really took off.
0: Yes and and the secret of her success not only on Hollywood on television but in everything she went on to do over the next 7 or 8 decades Jennifer is that she always came across as if it, it, it she always came across as if you were in the same room uh, mm-hmm. with, with her.
1: Yes, exactly and I really attribute this to her as- her experience on Hollywood, on television. Can you imagine being on the air that much? Five and a half hours a day, six days a week, no script. And she really had to learn to roll with anything. Another thing she talked about learning was kind of, this was especially true then. A lot of t- the earlier stars of television would do these, this thing where they look directly into the camera mm-hmm. and talk to the audience. And she, if you look up, you can find some of this online. And if you look up clips of her, On her show, The Betty White Show, for instance, from 1954, she sings straight to the camera at the beginning of the end of the show. She talks to the audience and says, here's what we're going to do. That is not easy to do if you've ever tried it, and to look normal and like you're really talking to people. And she said she would look into the camera like it was a lover, the face of a lover, and talk directly to her audience. And she had a real knack for this, and that is a huge part of her star power.
0: Jennifer Armstrong's article, Betty White, Progressive Superhero of TV History, is available for free at PeabodyAwards.com. Peabody finds the weekly newsletter for the Peabody Awards. You can follow Jennifer Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, JenniferKateArmstrong.com. Later on in the hour, we will talk to Ray Richmond. Ray is the author of Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, the very last biography of Betty White that was published While she was still with us, we'll also talk to Jim Colucci, Jim Colucci, author of Golden Girls Forever. You mentioned, you know, she was a progressive behind the scenes in the early years of her TV career, although she was progressive while also being as practical as possible hiring female directors because she was opening doors, but she was also looking for the best people she could find, regardless of whether a male or female. But she also put her foot down. You mentioned the Betty White daytime show she did in the 50s. Uh. She also put her foot down as a producer. When she got pushed back because one of her regulars was an African-American uh, dancer named Arthur Duncan.
1: That's right. I mean, this is a huge moment where you can kind of, it's its a little more overt than what we were talking about before, that, you know, she knew Arthur Duncan from having done her Los Angeles show, and she loved his work, and so she invited him onto her her national show when she got it in 1954, and... The thing is, she's dealing with a different audience now all of a sudden. TV's expanding in general across the country, and when you have a national show at that time, all of a sudden she's got southern affiliates watching, too. And that was not something she was used to, and so she did get some pushback from that area of the country um, about having a black man as a regular on her show, and that is where she just said, absolutely not, I'm not getting rid of him. He is going to stay. So um you know so she she definitely showed her cards on that one and definitely was on the right side of history i think we can agree.
0: And 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 again she was right because she may have lost maybe a couple of affiliates here and there but you know she mm-hmm. she kept her show. Yeah exactly and
1: you know also could be proud of herself right it's like is that the way you want to keep your show um you know and it but it is also very indicative of just the the difficulties of being in television at that time in particular
0: and it also speaks to why generations of viewers you know love her and respect her because in a crisis time she showed who she was and she showed that she would she had she had arthur duncan's back and exactly and and and, and again that just speaks to who she was as as a person and that also comes across in the many things that I mean that that she lived that she lived her life by and and followed her career by including her, her love of animals and and her ad which we can spend an hour just talking about that uh as well you uh jennifer's article betty white progressive superhero of tv history available at peabodyawards.com uh her books uh mary and lou and rhoda and ted and when women invented television available wherever books are sold much has been said about how Betty redefined herself in the 70s as Sue Ann on, on the, on the Maritime Moore show, in the 80s as Rose on the Golden Girls, and in the past decade, thanks to the proposal, Hot in Cleveland, Saturday Night Live. But in many ways, Jennifer, I suppose Betty White was simply, in, in each of those instances, she was simply drawing on the resourcefulness and versatility she established very early in her career. That's right. And if you
1: look at those roles, you know, you see both her range as an actress when you look at a character like Sue Ann versus a character like Rose. But on the other hand, I think there's a, an essential Betty Whiteness to everything, including her, you know, more recent decades. And there's this kind of like she, do, she does this little switcheroo, which she, where she kind of uses her sweet persona um, to trick you. And then, you know, kind of right when you're already kind of seduced by that her joke is always kind of when she adds a kick to that right she has a little naughty remark or you know when she was Sue Ann she was kind of doing it the other way around where she would play on the fact that she looked sweet she was the happy homemaker but then the minute the cameras go off you know she is a lot more to contend with let's go with um you know so she she was always sort of playing with I think this very sweet core of her person Persona. And I don't even want to say persona because it's actually her, you know, I believe this was her real personality. Mm-hmm. But I think she was always playing with that, and that's what we were responding to. And it's also because it, she was so genuine in that, that it worked so
0: well. Even in the viral video with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, um, yes. uh, which, which believe it or not, I had not seen. I don't remember uh, seeing I don't remember seeing before until I looked it up just before I called you today. It's it's hilarious and she is again she's sending up herself. But there's something about because she's doing a character in that bit, but she's tapping into her Betty White knowing that she can get away with anything because she has so much cred banked that she could do it because she's Betty White. That's
1: right. And I think another thing that you see in stuff like her more recent stuff there It's hard not to be so bowled over by her incredible timing, you know, um, that she just maintained throughout her entire life. Like, you know, even if you go look at something as recent as a few years ago, I want to say maybe five at this point, um, when she won the Lifetime Emmy Award. Mm -hmm. And she did, you know, she delivered a little speech and it's not like you know, it's not groundbreaking comedy or anything. But my God, it's just like she's still she's still like perfectly dead on, and she's so good in front of a camera, and she just knows how to how to play all of that. And I think that's something that that's what we were all really responding to in that more recent transformation of of her persona once again. And it turned out, you know, once again, like this woman is made for every medium. You know what I mean? It's just incredible how no one else has been able to be just as big in the viral video era as they were in the traditional sitcom era, as they were in early television in, 19, in the 1950s on things like talk shows. Like, that's mind-boggling.
0: One of the things we've been talking about throughout our tribute to Betty, Jennifer, is that even though we know in our minds' eye time stops for no one, there was sort of a there was certainly a sadness for me when mm-hmm. I learned that she passed if 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 she had only hung on another 17 days you know and I know oh. we, we all wanted her to reach 100 but then again it's Betty White and in a way it, it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about one of the things that made her so unique was in her own way she broke expectations and and made things her own and so the fact that she went when she when she was ready to go that's, that's that's very typical betty white
1: it really is i saw something i think it was in the people magazine kind of had this thing where they put out a little bit early an issue celebrating her 100th birthday and yeah. kind of got you know it was a little bit awkward um and the editor wrote in the next issue that you know he said something like i bet betty is looking down and laughing about this right now <laughs> um which i thought was really cute because i can totally yeah it's just enough. It's just a little impish. And it doesn't matter. I understand how we get about these numbers. But, you know, it doesn't matter that she didn't make it to 100. Like, Like, what more of a life could this woman have possibly had? You know, how much fuller could it possibly have been? She did. She lived several lifetimes in this one. And I just think that's the part that we need to remember. And like you said, she was she was ready to go. And she had certainly worked hard enough.
0: What are you working on next, Jennifer?
1: Still still figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's some things going on right this second that will determine that, but not not quite sure
0: yet. Okay, in the meantime you can read Jennifer's latest article Betty White, progressive superhero of TV history. You can read that for free at PeabodyAwards.com. You can follow Jennifer Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, JenniferKArmstrong.com. Jennifer, sad occasion to talk with you today, but always a pleasure to chat with you.
1: I'm happy to pay tribute to Betty. Thank you.
0: Thank you for supporting Actors and Others for Animals. We started a long, long time ago. You can still take part in the Betty White Challenge by going to bettywhitechallenge.com as it's safe to say that Betty would have done anything possible to support this important cause.
1: So when you find an organization like Actors and Others for Animals, it sort of unites all of those of us who want to pay back something for all the joy we get out of animals.
0: You can learn more about the Betty White Challenge by going to BettyWhiteChallenge.com, BettyWhiteChallenge.com. Please keep up the good work. Believe me, it's deeply appreciated. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk